Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. I'm going to read six verses here in 2 Samuel chapter number 8. If you're there, just shout amen. Verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 8. And after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines. And he smote Moab and measured them with a line, casting them down to the ground. Even with two lines measured he to put to death and with one full line to keep alive. And so the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts and David smote also Hadezer, Hadadezer, that's hard to say, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to recover his border at the river Euphrates. And David took from him a thousand chariots, seven hundred horsemen, and David hoffed all the chariot horses, or he cut the hamstrings of the chariot horses, but reserved of them for an hundred chariots. When the Syrians of Damascus came to Sakur Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David slew of the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. And then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became servants to David and brought gifts, and the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want us to talk about these six verses. I want to come to you on this thought today, bringing down the enemy. Bringing down the enemy. How many of you have got some devils I'm talking about? How many of you have got some enemies of your spirit that you're ready for some victory in the name of Jesus? If that's you, shout amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for coming into this room with an anointing of the Holy Spirit. We know it's it's nothing but the anointing that's making the difference. And we treasure it, Lord. We treasure how you move upon us, how you work. And Lord, as, as we enter into your word today, I humble myself before you as a vessel, God. I I, I am, there's, there's nothing in me good enough to bring revelation today. There's nothing in me good enough to change anybody. But Lord, I believe if that same anointing we have felt in here will rest on me as a vessel in your hand, God, taking me beyond earnestness into unction, then God, I believe that there will be revelation that will be birthed in this room today that will transform hearts and lives, that will compel us to move forward in the Spirit, that will bring us into a place of victory and strength and joy and overflow in the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you'll govern my thoughts. I pray that you will fill me full of your Spirit in this moment, take possession, take over the reins, and guide and direct, Lord, how you see fit. Just pray you have your way in this moment, and Lord, we will give you praise, glory, and honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
and amen. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, tell two or three folks it's time to bring down the enemy. It's time. Come on. I want us to look at this passage today. It's great to have everybody with us this morning. God bless you. We love you very much. Great to have some back with us that weren't able to be with us last Sunday. Thank, thank you for being back today. In 2 Samuel chapter number 8, we find just an account. Now, you got to understand. Just bear with me now. you got to understand what has happened up to this point. King David had been anointed king. David rallies the people. They go and they uh, fight and retrieve the ark of God. They have to put the ark to rest in the house of Obed-Edom after they had a failed attempt to bring it into the city of David. So they put it resting in the house of Obed-Edom. Finally, they got it together, went and retrieved the ark, brought it home. David, all of a sudden, as king, he begins to seek God. And chapter number 7 is really about David's desire to build the Lord a house. David felt like it just didn't right that I live in a house and the ark of God is in a tent. It just didn't seem like it was right or fair. We find as we look at chapter 7, we, I want you to notice, well, chapter 8, the first verse, says, And after this, after this, after what? We'd have to back up into chapter 7, start around verse number 18. Stay with me now. Verse 18, it is a prayer of David. The Bible shows us that David, he went in. He went into the tent of the meeting or the tabernacle of the Lord. He went into the presence of God. And then we find that he sat before the Lord. And then we also see, this is verses 18 through 29, that he humbled himself and sought God. David was seeking the Lord. He wanted God to have a place, but the Lord told David through Nathan the prophet that David would not be able to build the house for the Lord. It would be his legacy, but it would not be what he could do. We find, I want you to look in verse 29 of chapter 7. David said, Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee, for thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it. And with thy blessing, let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. I just want to know who in this place would be great with a blessing of God that will never depart. Come on. Who wants to be blessed in here? If you do, shout a great big amen. Hallelujah. We find as we move into the next chapter, though, we see that something began to happen. David now began to move forward as the man of war that he was. It was a, a, a war that he chose for the purpose of restoration. Look at it. We see in this first verse that the Bible says that David smote the Philistines. Let me ask you this question. Isn't it time today to bring down the enemy in your life? Now, I don't know what enemy it may be that you're battling today. It could be many different things. For some, maybe the enemy you're facing is anxiety or a spirit of fear or depression. Maybe it's a lust of the flesh or a lust of the eyes or a pride of life. Maybe it's an anger that's in you, unforgiveness or jealousy, whatever it could be that is inside of you that is battling against you. I believe today it's time that you declare it is time to bring the enemy down. Come on, if you agree with that, shout amen one more time. Now, I want us to recognize what happened here in this first verse. 
he smote the Philistines and he subdued the Philistines and he took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines. Notice this now. Methagama, actually many believe, was the city of Gath. Gath was the metropolis of the Philistines. It was the big city. If you can imagine it, it was the hub of all the Philistines. It is the, the very name, Methagama, means this, bridal of the mother city, or in other words, control authority. I want us to bring that down to where we are today, that David took control out of the hands of the Philistines. David took authority out of the hands of the Philistines. Can I say today in the battle that you're in, it is time to take authority in the name of Jesus. Is it all right if I preach that for just a second this morning? Somebody shout in the name of Jesus. Come on, I I don't know if you remember what Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. We dealt with it Wednesday night. He said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Do you hear me? They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All of that is in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout the name of Jesus today. Come on, shout Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. Can I tell you that devils tremble at the name of Jesus? I'm reminded of the story in the book of Acts of the seven sons of Sceva. There they went trying to cast out these devils. This this man was demon-possessed, and they were trying to cast him out in the name of the one that Paul preaches. And the devil responded and said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? Which begs to make the point right now that you cannot take authority in the name of Jesus unless you actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. Did you hear me? You can stand and say anything you want to say, but if you're not in a personal relationship with the Lord, friend, the devil is not going to back down. The devil ain't scared of you one second. But when you step up in the mighty, precious, powerful name above all names, that name of Jesus, the devil's got to back up, the devil's got to flee. Why? Because there's authority and power in the name of Jesus. We find the three things that happened. The first thing was David smote the Philistines. He went on the attack. There's far too many folks that are putting up with what the devil's doing in your life. You're putting up with how he's battling your home, how he's coming against your marriage, how he's coming against your children, how he's coming against your mind, how he's coming against your body. It is time for you to stand up in the mighty name of Jesus and strike the devil where it hurts and remind him that Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary and he sealed the deal when he rose from the dead on the third day. It's time you get fed 
fed up and get a little mad with righteous indignation and declare no more devil. You ain't pushing me around anymore. You're not depressing me anymore. I'm through being down and out and sick and tired. It's time to strike the enemy through the blood and the power of the name of Jesus. The next thing we see that happened was David subdued the Philistines. That word subdued in Hebrew means to bring down, to bring to subjection, to humiliate, to vanquish. Listen to me now. In yourself, you're not strong enough to bring down the devil. In yourself, you're not strong enough to humiliate the enemy and to vanquish the devil or to send him packing and running from your life. But can I tell you today that whenever you are a blood-bought child of the living God, that there is one that is alive inside of you and his name is Jesus. And the finished work that he did on the cross in your life, if you'll just stir up a little bit of faith, you can subdue the Anybody want to subdue the enemy today? Is there anybody here today that is ready to bring down the devil where he's been battling you in your heart and in your life and in your home? Is there anybody? <laughs> subdue the enemy. He subdued the Philistines. He brought them down. He brought them into subjection. We find that what the Bible says next is that he took Methagama. He took Gath. He took control. He took authority. And I want us to hang a nail right there for just a moment because there are far too many of us that are living beneath the privilege of what God said is ours, what Jesus said was ours. There are some folks that live in a defeated state. They live down. They live out. And it's become part of who they are. It's always woe is me. It is always something wrong. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like to have something wrong every single day. Come on. Can I get an amen from somebody? Is there anybody here today that says, I like having victory. I like having the joy of the Lord. I like having the peace of God. I like having a day that I look around and say, wow, boy, I'm blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody here today that will say, I am thankful that I have victory in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Because if you, listen, let's just be real. There are some folks, they, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves if they wasn't in a pity party. They are party animals all day, every day, but they're having a pity party. Always down in the mouth. Always something wrong. You're scared to ask them how they're doing because you didn't have an hour to hear about everything that is wrong. I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but can I just say the truth is the truth. Sometimes when folks ask you how you're doing, they're really just wanting to know you know, what's up? They're not necessarily wanting you to give them a long laundry list. Now, we all need prayer partners, but occasionally you got to recognize that what you speak out of your mouth is important. Proverbs says death and life is in the power of the tongue. And there's some folks today, if you'd quit speaking death, you'd find life invading your soul. If you'd quit talking about all that's wrong and negative and start turning that into praise and saying God may not have showed up yet, but any minute it now he's on the way see Jesus said it this way if, if you got a set of keys take them out I don't have any up here with me bring them to me 
Jesse, grab them keys from Sister Amy. You, Jesse, yeah, right there behind you, baby. Run them up here. I love this little guy. That's his running right there. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. You did good. You did good. He's laid back. Take your keys out for a second. Now, I know the, if you got, come on, take them out and rattle them for just a moment. I can't even hear anybody rattling. Listen, I, I wanted you to do that because I want to read this verse to you out of Matthew 16 and 19. Jesus said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the reality today. The devil in the spirit realm, the devil cannot stand when he hears the keys rattling. Because the Lord has given you the keys today. Did you hear me? I said the Lord has given you the keys. That means that you can bind something on this earth and it gets bound in heaven. And you can loose something on this earth and it gets loosed in heaven. There's some of you in here today that need to step up, not on the defensive, but on the offensive and start binding something. I bind this devil of frustration in the name of Jesus. I bind this devil of divorce in the name. Are you hearing me? I bind this devil of lust in the name of Jesus. I bind this devil of poverty in the... Uh, nobody's saying amen, but I'm going to preach it anyways. I bind this devil of discouragement. I bind this devil of depression. I bind this spirit of affliction and infirmity in the mighty name of Jesus. And guess what the word says? That he gets bound in heaven and... Uh, authority in the name of Jesus. Jesus said this in Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. Jesus has the keys. I've heard it said before, it's not necessarily theologically correct, but I've heard it said, you've heard it said, the devil don't even have the keys to his own house. Oh, you talk about putting him under your feet, put him under your feet. Bind him in the name of Jesus. Oh, but I just don't really want to do that, preacher. Then stay defeated if that's what you want. We can gather around you and pray for you all day long, but until you make up your mind you're through being defeated by the enemy, until you make up your heart that you're through letting the devil whoop you, until you're going to stay right where you are but if you'll get to the place where David was at and say you know what this has went on long enough I'm going to smite the enemy and we're going to take back authority and we're going to yield that authority to the name of Jesus but I'm going to stand because I know who my king is he's the king of kings and the lord of lords some of you know what I'm talking about some of you know what it is to battle some of you know what it is to roll your sleeves up and say not to day devil not today devil I'm going to go forward in joy I'm going to go forward in victory I'm going to go forward in anointing I'm going to go forward in peace not today devil my mind is made up I refuse to be defeated today glory to God Luke 9 and 1 then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power listen now he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Some would say, well, that was just for the 12 
disciples, Pastor. That was not for, I don't see anywhere in Scripture that Jesus gave these things as exclusivity. That it was just for, the, that there's those that say well, that the Holy Ghost was just for the New Testament church. Where in the world does it say that in Scripture? That ain't nothing but a bunch of hogwash. This is the reality. I don't really know what hogwash is, but that's what it is. It's a bunch of that. And this is the reality today, hear me, that we need to step up and realize that Jesus said he's given us power and authority over all devils. You know how we're going to turn Ponce de Leon upside down for Jesus? We're going to stand in the power of God, and we're going to take the authority over all devils. That means every devil of addiction that is plaguing this area, we have come with declaration today that we are here on a mission from God Almighty to bring down the enemy. And it may just be one soul at a time, and that's all right, because there's some little woman out there right now that is strung out on drugs, about to lose her mind. There she is. Her children or watching her doing drugs. Her family is forsaking her. There she is right here in this community. But can we declare today that there's a bunch of folks over here meeting in an old gym for now and we've come to declare victory over her in the mighty name of Jesus and that devil of addiction, we're bringing it down by the blood. By the blood of Jesus. I wish I could get somebody to agree with me today. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to bring down the enemy. I'm not one to pick a fight. The way I see it, the devil started it. Amen? We ain't here for, to be casual Christians, a bunch of religious folks. It takes a lot just to do what we're doing right now. So that means this, that we ain't playing games. We mean business. And our business is the business of the Holy Ghost. And he's called us here for this moment. He's called us here for this hour. And we are here to declare that through Jesus Christ, we have authority and power over all devils. Now, in myself, I can't whoop a devil no matter how hard I try. But the Jesus side of me is big enough to run off every single devil. I, I know there's folks out there that are not only strung out on drugs, there's some alcoholics out there. There's some partiers out there. There's some adulterers out there. There's some homosexuals out there. There are folks out there, they feel like they're living it up, but they're lost and on their way to hell and the enemy's got their eyes blinded where they can't even see that they need a savior. But here we are as a bunch of folks and we're not just talking about this community also your community your family, your friends your co-workers that we can walk up right in the middle of somebody's life and them not even realize it that we're stepping in the name and in the power and in the authority of Jesus Christ and the devil's gotta back down in the mighty name of Jesus we've come to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down and believe by the power of the cross, there will be victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Take authority in Jesus' name. David took Mithagama. Listen, 
Some of you in your homes, your home is filled with turmoil. Your home's filled with frustration, aggravation, division. You know what you need to do? You need to get you a bottle of oil. And you need to walk up in that house, kick open the door, and start anointing everything that doesn't anoint you first. Anoint over the doorpost, anoint the bedpost. My goodness, anoint the, that porcelain throne. Just anoint everything up in there. Pray over all of it. Some of you need to really pray over your kitchen because you ain't cooking. Oh, help me, Lord. You need to anoint and pray over that home and rebuke the devil and tell the devil he's got to go. Did you know you can do that? That you can take that kind of, of authority? Listen, you ain't got to put up with the enemy wreaking havoc in your home stand up and take authority in the mighty name of Jesus take authority oh help me Lord next thing verse 2 he smote Moab see I believe bringing down the enemy there must be a smiting of Moab you got to take authority in the name of Jesus but I believe there must be a smiting of Moab let me explain that See, Moab was actually the incestuous son of Lot, conceived by Lot, drunk, laying with one of his daughters. Without going into any further detail, we can recognize that this was the seed of sin. In the same way, we need to recognize today that when we're bringing down the enemy, we've got to address anything and everything that is sinful in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. And we can declare today that I'm not just coming against sin in my life. I'm coming against anything in me that will produce sin. That means things generationally that have been passed down from, from generations before me. I'm coming against it in the name of Jesus. See, today understand there are many things in our lives that are meant to bring us to sin. And they must be cut out by the blood of Jesus. Stay with me now. Look, look in verse 2. It says that David took two measures. He took a... a, a he measured them with a line, cast them down to the ground. He, they had to lay on the ground. With two lines he measured, and he put them to death. And with one full line, he kept them alive. And the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. Listen to me. Hear me and understand. We, we find when we look here, David took these measuring lines. I, I, I don't, I've tried to wrap my brain around fully what he was doing, but this, this was a... a, 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 a an era that this was a, a means of, of dividing those that would be put to death from those that would be kept alive. And so he separated them with lines. These two lines right here will, will be killed and this full line over here will be kept alive. Hear me and understand today that the measuring line for us this morning is the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? It's the Word that tells us what is sin and it's the Holy Ghost that brings conviction into our lives. Stay with me. We're going to be here a moment. Stay with me. You see, I believe today that we must 
address the things in our lives that have to be crucified. There are some things in our life that this word says is fleshly and carnal and sinful. There must be a dying Fausti daily to the flesh. There must be a daily crucifixion in our lives where we put to death that old carnal man, that sinful nature that we can be raised in newness of life. When somebody gets saved, they go down an old man, but they're resurrected a new man. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But every single day of our lives, we must do what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I die daily. He said, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. Hear me today. There must be a dying to the flesh in our lives. Most of our battles would be won on our knees if we would crucify the flesh. If we would get sin under the blood and repent of it and turn from it, we would find us ourselves able to walk in victory. Sometimes it is sins of commission, but other times it's sins of omission. The things we're not doing that we should be doing. Nobody wants to preach against sin anymore because nobody will amen you on it. They'll get mad about it. But listen to me. You want victory? Get the sin out. Well, I just don't understand why I don't have victory. I don't understand why this didn't happen, why that didn't happen, why why this isn't taking place. Deal with the sin. If there's sin there, get it under the blood. Hear me now. But I want to also recognize that there were some things there that the Bible says there was a full line that was drawn and those were kept alive and those that were kept alive became his servants and they brought gifts unto him. In the book of Romans chapter 6, the apostle Paul said to yield yourselves there for as servants unto God listen to me and understand this that there are things in our lives that we can never change there are some things about us that we can never change we can't change our past we can't change some things about how we are and who we are as far as how we look or those kind of things we can't change you can't change your family you can't change what you've been through but this is the one thing you can do is you can let God breathe life into what is there. Did you hear me? Let him breathe life into it. And all of that that the enemy has been using against you, just like Moab wanted to destroy David. He killed the two parts, but he kept the one part. Now I'm talking about keeping sin, but I'm I'm talking about taking who I used to be and now has become my testimony. Now I can use this for the glory of God. Now this is going to give back unto me that I used to be a dirty, rotten, ranked sinner. But today, I'm a changed man. You're a changed woman. Are you hearing me today? God can turn it around in your life. And what the devil is meant to destroy you, God will turn it into a testimony. And you will overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the words of your testimony. Let him breathe life into that full line. Oh, Holy Ghost. But then we find, come on, Brother Tim. Then we find in verse 4 that David smote also 
Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, the king of Zobah. And this is why. Because he went to recover his border at the river Euphrates. Stay with me now. See, the Euphrates River, a lot of biblical history with the Euphrates River, a lot of biblical prophecy with the Euphrates and the Tigris River, and a lot of theological interpretation concerning the Euphrates River. We're not going to get into all of that, but we are going to say today about the Euphrates River that it is the longest and most important river in the Middle East. If you were to look it up today, you would find that in 2022, they're saying that the Euphrates River is drying up. You could correlate this to the Word of God, and you find in the book of Revelation that it's prophesied that the Euphrates River will will dry up completely and would draw in the kings from the north. I believe it was the north. You see, if you really look at the Euphrates River, where it flows is supposed to be what is the Fertile Crescent. And when we start to look at this Euphrates, obviously we define it, it means stream, river, but figuratively, according to Strong's Concordance, it means prosperity. It also means to flow, to flow together. I like this one, to sparkle, to be lightened. Now stay with me now. Hear me. See, David recovered the border of Euphrates. It had been taken from them, and Saul did nothing about it. And it was an important port. It was, an important, it was important for a lot of reasons, especially in, in farming and vegetation and all these different things, and they had lost their border. And if we want to really look into it, just as David said, I'm going to recover Euphrates today, when we're going to bring down the enemy, we're going to take authority in the name of Jesus. We're going, we're going to smite Moab. The things that are sinful in our life, we're going to get them out. The things that the devil's been beating us up with, we're going to turn around and use it as a testimony of the goodness of God. Are you following me? But then what we're going to do is we're going to go recover Euphrates. <laughs> and let's start with prosperity. Let me get that one out of the way. Who in here wants to prosper if you do say amen? Now before anybody labels me a prosperity preacher, let me start with this verse in the book of James. I'm sorry, John, 3 John verse 1. I like calling out James for some reason. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as what? Even as thy soul prospered. So when we talk about recovering the river Euphrates in our life, we're talking about spiritual prosperity. We're talking about a growth in our spirit and a victory in our spirit and an overflow in our lives. Is there anybody here today that wants to overflow in the power of the Holy Ghost? Come on. Is there anybody? About three of them. I want to overflow. (laughs) 
about this section over here. Y'all want to overflow in the power of the Holy Ghost? Would y'all just throw a hand up and shout amen? Come on, just try it one time. Well, I'm not used to raising my hand. Well, just try it. Throw it up and say amen. There you go. What about this section over here? Y'all want to over? There you go. I want to overflow in that. What about y'all? Want to overthrow and overflow in the power of the Holy Ghost? What about y'all? Want to overflow in the power of the? Any of y'all want to overflow in the power of the Holy Ghost? Come on! I'm talking about prospering in your spirit. You're not losing ground anymore. You're gaining ground. You're not dry. You're not empty. No, there is a river that is flowing, and you are prospering. You're walking in victory. Victory and in anointing, you're overflowing in the power of the Holy Ghost. Recover your prosperity. You recover your sparkle. The Holy Ghost wants to bedazzle your spiritual man. That is a word, right? Isn't that where they put all the little sparkly things on there? Like... We're not us guys, right? But I mean, all them girl things, you know what I'm saying? Them shoes and purses and all that stuff, right? I know that sounds crazy, but I want you to grab a hold of what this means. Grab a hold of what this means. Because you see, when we just a little bit further into the very name Euphrates and we start to look at sparkle, that it actually is a, it means to be cheerful and to be joyful. It is spiritual bling, if you would. It is to be joyful in the Lord. Nehemiah said it this way in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Woo, come on now. The joy, ah, the, mm, I'm looking at some of you right now. Some of you ain't smiled since you got here. Some of you, I don't know if you stayed out all night long. I don't know what happened to you. But some of you, man, you look like uh, it ain't good. I don't know what's going on, but man, it ain't good. But can I tell you today, you got if you're saved and on your way to heaven, you got a reason to be joyful today. If you're saved and on your way to heaven, you got a reason to rejoice in the Lord. Did you hear me? And there is nothing that makes the devil any more mad than when you're in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your battle, but the joy of the Lord is on the inside and he gives you strength to make it through your day. Woo, glory to God. Around our house, we've always declared we are mourning people. We are mourning. We don't get up mad. I had that talk with my little 12-year-old this week. She's like, Daddy, I'm just not a mourning person. I said, oh, yes, you are. I said, you will be. I said, because we don't get up like that around here. Why? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. See, parents, sometimes you got to tell them, oh, no, you are not acting like you better get. You better go back to bed and get up on the other side. You better get up and act like it. If you ain't happy, you better act. You better fake it till you leave this house because you're going to be happy up in here. Why? Because we are a home that gives God glory. We are a home that is full of the Holy Ghost. And we've come to declare today that this is the 
day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Well, I don't want to go to work today, but I'm going to rejoice that I got a job and I got a paycheck on the, well, I don't want to have to face what I'm going to face. Thank God that you're alive today. And even though you may have to face the devil, you got one that said he'd never leave you, never forsake you. He'll be with you all the way. Therefore, I'm going to have the joy of the Lord in my heart this morning. Why? Because no matter what the devil has done, my God is still greater. He's still bigger. And nothing is too hard for him. So I'm going to be happy. Look at your neighbor tell him you need some spiritual bling. Come on. Bling, bling, come on. You need some spiritual bling. I don't know if you've ever been to the Amish before. We love going there. We love the Amish people. They can't dress in bright colors. They can't wear jewelry. They can't wear the bling. It all has to be dark colors, grays, blues, blacks. That's what it has to be. There's a lot of you today that the enemy's trying to keep you dressed spiritually in dra- not drag, uh, but drab. Oh, he may be trying that too. I don't know. You better fight that devil off. <laughs> Amen. But he's trying to dress you in drab colors. He wants you dull in your spirit. He wants you down and out all the time. He wants you hating life. He wants you hating getting up to even go anywhere. You just want to get in the bed, pull the covers over your head, and not face the day. But can I tell you, it is time you you recover the Euphrates of your spirit. You recover the fact and know that the Holy Ghost wants you to prosper. And there is a joy of the Lord that will come to your life today and be your strength. Did you hear me? I said there is a joy that will come to your life and be your strength. Do this for me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you've lost your bling. You have lost You'll bling. <laughs> See, what I like about it when we're talking about sparkling. See, we're not the light. We're a reflection of the light. So when he shines on us, we got the joy. <laughs> you told your pastor's wife she had lost her bling. Oh, you didn't, Pastor Donnie? Okay. <laughs> when he shines on us, well, we sparkle. Are you hearing me? We spark. That's the joy of the Lord. See, the folks on your job, they don't want what you got if you're always down and out all the time. I don't want what they That's what Christianity is. I don't want nothing to do with it, man. They, whew, they got more problems than I do, and they're down about it all the time. They're always offended or upset or mad or depressed or discouraged or something. Are you hearing me? What sets us apart in this world as far as our atmosphere and our attitude is the joy of the Lord. You can tell when somebody doesn't have the joy of the Lord. You know, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night either. But I can tell you this. They say it takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile. I'm just going to stand here till I get a smile out of some of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
it comes. Yep. <laughs> Some of you are trying. Let it out. Let it out. Come on. There's a smile in there somewhere. Hadn't you been down over that long enough? Any time you get up and put on the joy of the Lord, sorrow may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's time you trade your sorrows for the joy of the Lord. Recover your sparkle. That will be our new nicknames for each other. Brother Sparkle. Sister Sparkle. <laughs> well, anybody that comes around us ain't going to understand what we're talking about, but you know, hey, Brother Sparkle. <laughs> Somebody gets around you, man, they look like they got joy. There you go. Sister Sparkle's here. Don't get offended when somebody says that. <clears throat> talking about the joy of the Lord in your heart. The last thing of recovering your Euphrates, it's recovering your prosperity, your spiritual growth and victory. It's recovering your sparkle, your joy, your cheerfulness, your happiness. See, this at the end of the day, no matter what you face or go through, the devil's after your joy because if he can steal your joy, he's stolen your strength. And it's not your joy to start with, right? It's the joy of the Lord. So hang on to the joy. But last, oh man, you're recovering. One of those definitions was to flow. You're recovering the flowing river. I like that, Fausti. The flowing river. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you hearing me? See, for some of you, the enemy's kept you back from it long enough. It's been a long time since you jumped off in the river. You know, take me to the river. I know that ain't necessarily a gospel song, but I want to be dropped in the water. I think a bass sang that, if I remember. Are you hearing me? I want to get in the river. Ezekiel saw the river. It started out up the ankles and then up to the knees and the thighs and the chest. And then it was, it was over the head. There was water so much that you could swim in it. Can I tell you today that God the Holy Ghost wants to flow in your life like never before. He wants to move. He wants to pour out in your spirit. He wants to do it. know about you, but I have to have a flowing river in my life. <coughs> I have to have a flowing river of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm just going to say this to you. If we can have church in an old gym, we can have church anywhere. Did you hear me? If we can gather up in here like we have for the past three years, can I tell you, almost three years, we can have church anywhere because we have had some Holy Ghost times up in this gym. Did you hear me? Some of you have showed yourself in the power of the Holy Spirit up in this gym. Some of you have shed a few tears in the power of the Holy Ghost up in this gym. But can I tell you a little something? If you can have church in here, then when you get 
home to your house, you can have church there. When you get in your living room, you can have church there. When you're riding down the road in your car or your truck, you can have church there. I don't care where. All I know is I've got to be in a place that there is a river of the Holy Ghost that is flowing in my life. I can't make it. Without that outpouring, I can't make it. Without that river flowing. Uh, Nothing brings down the enemy and makes him ineffective in your life like the flowing of a fresh river of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have seen that proven time and time again? Just a few moments in his presence changed everything. Come on, stand with me. Verse 6. We could continue reading in this chapter. It's a powerful chapter. But but verse 6 we find that David also defeated the Syrians and they became his servants and they brought him gifts. How many of you would say today it's time the, the devil bring back what he stole from you? Anybody in this place that's here that say that the enemy needs to bring it back? Everything that he stole, bring it back in the name of Jesus. Bring it back in the name of Jesus. Bring me back. My joy, my strength, my victory, bring it back. Verse 6 said that the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. Wherever he went, the Lord preserved him. That word preserved means help, means rescue, it means to get the victory, it means to save. Can we interject that in that wherever you go in life, the Lord's going to help you. As you serve Him, as you live, He's going to rescue you. He's going to give you the victory. Are you hearing me? Oh, come on, somebody needs to grab a hold of that. He's going to save you right in the nick of time. Anybody here today that say, I need the Lord's help? I need his help. I need his strength. I need the victory that comes. I need him to preserve me today. The devil is bent determined to take me out. but God will help me. God will rescue me. God will give me victory. God will save me. My mind is made up today. I'm taking down the enemy. I am disarming the enemy. All these weapons he's formed against me, they will not prosper. Not in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have authority in the name of Jesus. You have authority. Smite the Moab of your life. Things that could be sinful or would lead you to sin. Take it out. And the things that the enemy's been beating you over the head with, turn it into your testimony. Breathe, let the Holy Spirit breathe life into it. Keep it alive and say, well, I remember. The devil wants to remind you of your past. Then you can turn it around and say, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember the mistakes I made. I remember the things I've done. But I also remember when I asked the Lord to forgive me. And I also remember when I asked the Lord to wash me in his blood. I also remember that he forgave me and gave me the victory. Therefore, I'm not feeling one second condemned over that. But that's become my testimony that I know that if God brought me through it, he's going to bring somebody else through it. Smite the Moab. 
I'm going to recover the Euphrates. I will prosper spiritually. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to prosper spiritually. I'm going to recover my joy. I'm going to get my sparkle back. I'm through being down. I'm through being weary. I'm through grieving over it. I'm through allowing sorrow to hold me down and hold me back. I'm going I'm to sparkle for Jesus again. Just, just look at your neighbor and say, I think I see a sparkle. I see a sparkle. There's Brother Sparkle. That'd be a really good children's church character. There's Sister Sparkle right over there. I'm going to recover the flowing river. I'm going to get back into the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life. I might still have to face things. I might still have to be in the battle, but you know what? The battle don't have to be in me. No, no, no. I'm going to have a joy, and I'm going to get in the river. I'm going to get in the presence of God. Hallelujah. This morning, I want us to pray for each other. I want us to believe the power of God to touch our brother, touch our sister. You don't know what battles they may be facing or going through and how the enemy may be trying to defeat them, discourage them, tear them down. You don't know, but the Lord does. I want us to do something. I want everybody just to step out from where you are and, and just make your way down here. We're fixing to pray down here for each other. Everybody, come on. Make your way down here. Just come stand down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, teenagers. Come all the way up, if you will, so others can make it. feel like the weirdest thing. <laughs> I guess I've just learned to do nothing is not an option. If I want victory, I've got to go after it. If I want to move of God in my life, I've got to go after it. If I want my joy back, I've got to go after it. But standing around you this morning, there's a great big possibility. There's somebody that is fighting the devil like they never have before. There's somebody that the enemy is determined to tear down destroy, take out. The very name David means loving. It also means beloved. It's an old song that we used to sing that says, I'm your beloved, your creation, and you call me as your own.
Can I tell you why I know that you can bring the enemy down? Because you are the beloved of God. You are the beloved of God, and our beloved, Jesus himself, has already defeated the enemy for us, Fausti. On the cross, he nailed all our sins to the cross. He took every, every stripe he took was for our healing. Every bruise, everything that he went through on that cross was for all the pain that we would ever feel in life, both physically, mentally, spiritually, how, whatever it may. He took it on the cross. But three days later, he got up victorious over death and hell and the grave. Do you know what he did? He brought down the enemy. And because Jesus has brought down the enemy, truly all we've got to do right now is call out to him in faith and believe that because he's victorious, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So right here in this moment, the hour's grown late, right here in this moment, I don't know what, Brother Tim, matter of fact, you need some singers and you need some musicians up here with you if we got some that can come. Because I'm believing right here, right now, the Lord's going to strengthen somebody. Somebody's about to recover. Somebody's about to bring the enemy down. You're going to step into authority in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Maybe there's something needs to be gotten under the blood. Get it under the blood right now because you're about to recover your Euphrates. Your joy is coming back. That outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming back in the mighty name of Jesus. So right where you are, before you lay hands on anybody else, why don't you just stretch your hand as a sign of surrender. Stretch your hand up into the heavens and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I need you to come to my rescue. I need you to bring victory to me today. I need you, Lord, to save me in the midst of my struggle. Save me in the midst of my battle. Save me in the midst of my turmoil. Lord, I need you. Lord, the enemy has stolen my joy. God, I want to recover it right now. And I'm stepping up and taking authority in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, would you open up heaven over me? Would you let a river of the Holy Ghost begin to flow in my life? Lord, would you breathe on me even now? God, give me my joy back in the name of Jesus. Joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Would you give it back to me today? In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, you've given me the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness has to go praise on my lips let joy fill my soul right now right now almighty God I'm bringing the enemy down in the name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Now reach over there and lay hand on your neighbor. That's right beside you. And I want you to open your mouths up and begin to pray one for another. Come on, let's bear one another's burdens in here today. Oh, there's power in agreement this morning. Where two agree upon touching any one thing, it shall be done to glorify our Father which is in heaven. Come on, get in agreement with somebody right here, right now. Right here, right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray one for another today. God, turn it around. Turn it around, almighty God. Hallelujah.
Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.